Al. Yes, that's me. It is you. Hello. Remember back to 20 years ago, the year 1999. It's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. Back when the world was all prepping for the Y2K epidemic that turned out to be nothing. Everybody aggressively playing Prince. Why were they aggressively playing Prince? Because tonight we're going to party like it's 1999. Oh, I don't remember this song. What? I probably do if I'd heard it, but like off the top of my head, I don't. You know he refused to play that song anymore after that. I mean, he's that's like, smart. He's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Like, I've played this song since the 80s. This is what it was about. We're over it. We're done. You can't play it after 1999. That just defeats the purpose. I agree. That just makes you a nostalgia act. Mm-hmm. And Prince was never about nostalgia. It's true. Anyway. 1999. It was a simpler yep. time. It was a simpler time. I was nine years old. I was a wee lad. A tiny boy. Tiny, tiny. <laughs> tiny boy. Um, that is also where the subject of our episode today took, pla- took place. The year it took place. Mm-hmm. 1999. In a small town in Japan. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Season Language Checkup OVA. It's a podcast. It's where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Mm-hmm. I'm Jared. That's Doc Allen Ladium. Hello. And it is, it is once again time for our yearly look into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm-hmm. We have reached the end of part four as the English dub version finally wrapped up a few weeks ago. Uh, now we get to talk about it. We get to talk about Diamond is Unbreakable. Which we I'm have, so excited. We've briefly, it's not briefly, but we have talked about kind of the beginning parts of that with our look at the live action adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be able to kind of skip over those parts, which is like five episodes, but um, yeah, when we discuss also, this. Also, we're not going episode by episode because that'd be nuts. No, we're, we're going to hit the, the, the brief bits and here and there, but yeah. Um, the fourth part of JoJo. You have watched four parts of JoJo. You have watched, like, what? Over 100 episodes of JoJo now? Yeah, it's wild. I never expected this would be my life. It's, it's really true. Oh, man. What uh, have I gotten myself into? Good things. No, I mean, I completely agree with you. Like, JoJo's the top tier of my, like, favorite anime at this point. But, like, I did not expect that when I started watching it on a whim. And here you are. Thanks, JYB. This is what you've done to me. Here you are. I will defend JoJo's Bizarre Adventure till I am dead. And even then, maybe beyond me being dead. It is very good. Very good. Very good. Very, very good. Very, very good. Um, so yeah, we, we've discussed the beginning parts of this. If you want to go back and listen to that, like a a different version of the beginning parts, I should say, um, go check out our episode on the, on the live action movie that they did, which basically runs up to the end of the Nijimura brothers arc. Mm -hmm. Um, and then basically after that is it's fair game for everything else. So that is a total of like 34 more episodes (laughs) 
and things get go just completely insane. They go from just the the absolute bizarre to just the the wackiest shenanigans that you can find imaginable and everything in between. Including the best JoJo episode that has been made. It's really true. It is really true. Oof, um, it's so good. I think maybe one of the... I, I don't remember if we talked about this in the, the movie episode, but like one of the big things that I think really helps this, this season in particular is that you know it retains a lot of the same, you know, stylistic trappings of the previous ones where it's like you know there's a bunch of action here and there and the action is very stylized and all that sorts of stuff but in between that it be kind of becomes this slice of life show as well where like there is a bunch of downtime here and there and you just get like characters just roaming around living their everyday lives and, mm-hmm. and it, it's different in a way that you re- you haven't really ex- seen in jojo in particular because everything's kind of just been you know, go, 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 go. Even like in Stardust, which had a longer episode run, it was more just like, you know, every episode was, hey, we got to go find something regarding Dio and all this sort of stuff. Like there was never really any downtime. Like it, it, if it was, it was a very minimum. Yep. So like you never really got that same kind of relaxation and like kind of just off the wall episode that you do in here which happens quite a bit and I think that's really something that helps this part out like especially kind of distinguish itself from the other parts in particular but also just like make it its own thing that uh, makes it a lot just more enjoyable to watch yeah and I mean like you you sort of mentioned this but the fact that like we're seeing like everyday stand users as opposed to just like the big guys that we know and love like mm-hmm. we're seeing more of like how this can affect just like regular dude down the street yeah and like even even then like there are everyday regular stand users but not all of them like fit into like oh they're going to go save the world or be this ultimate villain it's yeah. just like sometimes just people have stands and that's just the way it is they help them with their business or something like that like they're not necessarily like this terrible person who's trying to take over the world and all that sort of stuff it's just you know hey i'm a normal person i have this ability i, I guess i'm just gonna kind of go with that i don't know who knows it's, a, it's fantastic yeah um and even in, if they are using it for like not the nicest of things, like the one like guy who tries to get people's um like he tries to trick them out of their money, like that that short dude with the the like flat top hair mm-hmm. that has the lock stand. Yeah. Um, like he's not a good guy, but he's just like a regular dude who's like, Yeah, I have this ability, I may as well use it to like swindle people out of their money. Yeah, exactly. Then like eventually it'd be like, Oh, well I've I have seen the error of my ways. I will now help. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, this season in particular also was different in the fact that like the the aesthetics around it were a lot like I guess more different than the previous seasons had been. Like, of course, you know, one of the key things of JoJo is that like sometimes it'll turn into like this pastel color palette for like big yep. dramatic scenes. But this one kind of just like takes that and just ramps it up to like eleven. And I personally think the art style on this one is way better than any of the other ones. <laughs> which is which way was better. a common complaint of yours throughout the uh, the previous seasons that you're like I love I love the story, but this art style is just hot garbo. Yep, yep, I hated it, and now I'm like, oh, this is actually pleasant to look at. I like this. <laughs> and then they're gonna turn away from it. They're gonna turn away from it uh, for next season. <laughs> Tragic. Cause it's- 
so pretty. It is. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely different from, like, the manga as well, because the manga kind of fits in more with, like, the, um, like, the more traditional style, but, like, it really does, like, it does itself a service here by making itself, like, look very different, and it kind of, like, just fits the overall tone of this series, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it is a bit more, like, you know, as cheerful as you can get when you have a serial killer running yeah. loose, but, like, it's a bit more like lighthearted in certain parts of it, mm-hmm. and like the the style of it reflects that. Yeah. Um, basically, this season or this part four kind of barrels down to two two different sections, which the wiki kind of has it split up. Uh, the first half of the series is like hunting down the the arrow that creates stand users, and then the second half is hunting down Yoshikage Kira. Kira. Um, so yeah, uh, like I said before, we have kind of covered the beginning parts of this series. So all the stuff about you know Josuke meeting Jotaro, them fighting Angelo, and then them fighting the Nijimura brothers, all that sort of stuff has already kind of been covered. Uh, the only difference, of course, is the uh, the ending of the movie is different from what actually happens. The at the end of of the the Nijimura brothers arc, um, the stand user who has red hot chili pepper is the one who comes in and kills. Uh, Okuyasu's brother. Yep. That is the the big difference. And then... That brings in our old pal Joseph. Yes, eventually. Yeah, well, he comes because of the whole chili pepper thing. Yeah. Um. So after basically that arc happens, we have an episode based around Koichi that kind of sees his stand finally kind of come out. And that is... That's <laughs> the, the, that, <laughs> out of the egg. Uh, this deals with the, uh, the, the stand user who has the lock stand. Uh, that is uh, Tamami Kobayashi. Uh, his whole stand is that like it basically locks up a person, basically weighs them down with guilt, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically that's how Koichi is able to unlock his stand of reverb or echoes, whichever you want to use, um, and get that all out. Uh, and then after that, there's another kind of off-brand episode, off-brand, but kind of just like one-off episode where they have to fight another stand user uh, by the name of Toshikazu Hazamata, who... Is this the nerd? Yeah, and basically his stand can like be like a dummy. Yeah. So Josuke and Koichi have to figure out a way to kind of stop that and everything. And then basically they stop these guys and basically are like, hey, now you're you're okay. We're, we're, you're going to ally with us now. And they're like, sure, okay, whatever. Please don't fight us. Please don't fight us anymore. We got punched so much. <laughs> uh, following that, we go into the two-episode arc that is basically uh, that introduces Yukiko. Where... Um, before we move on, correct me if I'm wrong, and I may be wrong, but the like nerdy dude. Um, I was trying to look it up, but doesn't he have like a really well big to us voice actor? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think so. No, oh, huh. he's Elliot in Trails of Cold Steel. Okay. And he was also, um, Yamada and, um... Danganronpa. Yep. And, uh, he was in Sailor Moon. As Arcade Boy in Zoisite. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So he he's he's somebody we knew. Yeah. Because um, I remember we were watching that episode. And you're like, I know this voice, and you looked it up. It's true. I knew the voice. Sometimes that happens with us. We're just like, we know this voice. 
which I guess we're eventually going to talk about. Uh, mm. Yeah. Uh, so Yukiko's date, or not, I don't think she debuts here, but like she basically she shows up and like we find out that she has a crush. I think on Koichi. Koichi's like, hey, hey, yeah, that's cool, I guess. And then Yukiko kind of just goes over the top with it and then starts like, and then kidnaps him and basically is like, you're going to learn how to be a smart boy. And if you don't, I'm going to torture you, essentially. Yep. And it's like, what? Uh, and the only way they, uh, Koichi's able to kind of get out of it is that he's able to find a way to get a hold of Josuke and Okoyasu and they they come in and, and help him out. Um they send her off the cliff, but then this is how the cliff becomes Boing Boing Cliff. Mm-hmm. Because uh, she's able to bounce off and come back. Uh, also, Koichi's stand evolves into Act 2 act here. Act 2. That's how he, he produces the Boing Boing. Um, I think, like, he, he accidentally, like, he tries to use the phone... And then they recognize like some kind of sound from there. They're like, "There's only one place in Morio that has that sound." It's like I think it's like the water. Yeah, I think so. Or something like that, essentially. So they find him at Boing Boing. Boing Boing. Um, that leads us to the greatest episode in all of JoJo history. <laughs> Which is literally entitled "Let's Go Eat Some Italian Food." And yep. it is an episode about Josuke and Okuyasu going to an Italian restaurant eating food. Yep, that's that what is, it's about. That is the premise of this episode, and it is by far the most JoJo episode that we have ever seen. By far. It is astounding. And also my favorite episode of JoJo any season so far. It's so good. It's um, so good. And it's just a normal episode. Yeah. <laughs> as normal as this goes. <laughs> Like essentially, it's about like this this new chef who has kind of put up this restaurant. Everyone's having rave reviews about it. So Josuke and Oki also go to it, and they're like, "This seems a little weird. Like this food is really good." Um, then like their bodies start like violently reacting to it, but like once the like their the violent reaction ends, like their bodies are like better. Yeah. So the the thing about it is that the chef is like, "Oh, I don't have a menu. I just like give you whatever I want to give you." And mm-hmm. um. He can tell you, like, what's wrong with you by looking at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, he, he keeps giving Okuyasu these foods. And, like you said, the violent reaction. And Josuke's like, oh, my God. Like, this guy's a stand user. Something terrible is happening. And then Okuyasu's like, no, man. Like, I haven't slept in and now I feel so well rested. And it's amazing. And then, like, he has cavities, and his cavities are cured, and his teeth are just, like, violently ripping out of his head. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Uh, Josuke sees, like, a dog eat some of the food, and, like, the dog, like, gets disemboweled. disemboweled. And he's like, oh, this is this is real bad. So, like, they go in the kitchen, and, like, ev- and then, like, everything just seems fine. Like, the dog's fine. Everyone's okay. And then, like, they just realize, yeah, this is just real weird. And, like, the, the chef kind of just, like, talks to him about like the power he has and everything he's like i just want to use it to help people it's i'm not trying to hurt him like it i know it gives him this weird reaction but like it's totally fine and then and like, like yeah um i was gonna say like okiyasu at one point has like an upset stomach but it's it's all fine but then like he has this uh the chef has a like violent reaction to the fact that um josuke like doesn't use soap at some point or yeah something he like goes that. to the kitchen and doesn't wash his hands yeah and he's just like, what are you doing? 
It's so good. And then they, they're like, they're they're cool with the chef. The chef becomes one of their allies. Yeah. And they just go there at random points. Just eat it's Italian It's so food. good. Uh, one of the big things, though, with this episode, uh, it ends with Jotaro meeting with someone from the Speedwagon Foundation who informs him that one Joseph Joestar is on the way. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. Um, but really, the the key here is this Italian food episode it's, is amazing. Man. It's funny it, there's suspense to it like it's it's just beautiful and it's so jojo it really is but it's not even like a oh we're fighting a villain there's no fighting at all none it's just like they're investigating what is going on here and then they just find out oh this guy is just his stands a little weird but like it helps people and he just wants really to help people trying to help it's and really I good what his stand is called Do you pearl remember? jam pearl jam <laughs> Pearl Jam helps Which I'm guessing that got changed food. in the English. Oh, it definitely had to. Um, this says it, it was changed to Pole Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even think of like a different, like, I don't know. What's a different rock we could have used? I don't know. Just call it Even Flow. Even, even Flow. God. <laughs> uh, that leads us into the Red Hot Chili Pepper bit of episodes. Um, of course, the stand is not called Red Hot Chili Pepper. Uh, you'll you'll notice that a lot of the stands in here are definitely edited because of copyright concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, so this becomes Chili Pepper, um, and they have to fight uh, Chili Pepper, who has all this electrical power and can like go through electrical lines and all that sort of stuff. So it's very difficult fight and everything. They have to figure out how to do that without being near like electricity and everything. All the while, they have to make sure they they do this before Joseph comes into Morio. Yes. Also, I remember that, I don't remember how, but Okuyasu just, like, completely plays everybody and saves the day. Because he's the goodest boy. He is the goodest of boys. Man, I always get attached to the most bizarre characters in JoJo. Like, in this time, I was like, Okuyasu is amazing! <laughs> Last time was Polnareff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, just, I think it's just, like, the idiot pure boys. <laughs> That I'm like, I love you, and I want to protect you. Uh, apparently, it's at the end when uh, the stand user, Akira Oto- Otoishi, uh, he sneaks up on, on Joseph's boat, disguised as a Speedwagon Foundation member, and Okoyasu is the right. one who stops him. Yeah. So that's how that all goes down. Um, also, Okoyasu like, gets his arm cut off in this episode. Yeah. And then Josuke's like, hey, let me heal you, buddy. <laughs> I casually heal your arm being <laughs> cut off. Um, but yeah, we have uh, Joseph Joestar back in the game mm-hmm. as a very, very old man. He, he is a very old man. And he has like memory issues. He's a, he's he's not he's not the the, uh, the same Joseph Joestar we saw ten years prior in Star Wars Crusaders. No, and I mean obviously Josuke is a little like weirded out by him being there like he's not sure how to react to it because he's like okay this is my dad that i've heard so much about and like yeah you've abandoned me for 16 years also like you abandoned my mom you kind of suck i don't like you but like you're here now what do i do about this yeah like ultimately he is a teenage boy and that's got to be weird especially meeting your your father and it's like this guy does it is like going senile it seems like is this really the same guy like what is going on um 
Especially because his mom has like talked him up so yeah. much entire life. Uh, of course, in in JoJo fashion, it goes in completely just insane direction. Um, <laughs> so Josuke is like is basically you know taking Joseph around the town and everything. Joseph gets on a bus that he wasn't supposed to, and Josuke has to like run after him. Um, they get off the bus and they're like, "Well, we got to find another bus to get out of here." And then Joseph's like, he his like his cane like gets picked up. He's like. Or he's like he feels something tugging at his like leg, and he's like, "Josuke, there's something tugging at my leg." And Josuke's like, "Yeah, okay, old man, whatever." And then like <laughs> Joseph's cane gets thrown, and he's like, "Uh." uh. And then he sees like handprints and like feet prints in the in the sweat cement, and you get the the classic Joseph. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's a stand here, and Josuke's like, "Yeah, okay, old man." And uh, he sees, like, there's a dog that shows up, and the dog starts, like, growling at this thing, and the dog goes to goes for the, the whatever the, the stand is, and immediately as it happens, like, Josuke turns around, and Joseph, you, like, uses Hermit Purple to grab it, and it's an invisible baby. Invisible baby! <laughs> Throw it in the ocean. <laughs> well, that actually happens. I know. Yep. Um... So, like, that gives you, like, a hint of, like, oh, the old Joseph is still there in parts. Like, he's not all the way there, maybe. Yeah. But, like, he is still there underneath everything. And Josuke's like, oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, like, they have an invisible baby. That, that's the stand's ability is that the baby is invisible. Um, they, they buy a bunch of baby supplies and, like, dress the baby up, put some makeup on it so they can see it and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, also, the clothes will go in, in, invisible as well if mm-hmm. um, if the baby gets too upset. And also, like body Joseph, parts, yeah. J- Joseph blows through um, Josuke's <laughs> savings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if the baby gets too upset, like it'll even like make uh, people's arms and stuff like go invisible. So like Joseph's hand goes yep. invisible at one point. Yeah. Uh, the baby goes into the, the water, like you said. Uh, yep. Joseph's like, I'll figure out a way to find this baby. Let me slit my own wrist. He slits his wrist. <laughs> that allows Joseph to or Josuke to find the baby. They're able to rescue the baby. Heals Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that he? yeah, uh, and that gives Josuke like a little bit more like respect for Joseph. He's like, okay, this guy isn't maybe that bad. Also, Joseph now just takes care of this invisible baby. <laughs> it's just his invisible baby now. It is literally he, his invisible baby. He's adopted this child. Yeah. Which like at the at, by the time at the end comes up, they're like, yeah, he just totally adopted this kid. <laughs> he names it Shizuka. Is very. And the the that, baby has a stand that's named Octung Baby. <laughs> Octung Baby, which is real good. Oh, that's really good, but also like that's some character development right there that he gives this baby a Japanese name, mm-hmm. considering how like aggressively anti-Japanese he was. Yeah. Um, but also like. I'm kind of concerned that this like 70, 80 year old man is raising a baby. I mean, he seemed to be doing fine. He's he's a little. He is old. Little, he's a little not there. Yeah, but like every, everyone was like, yeah, he's doing a fine job. He's doing the baby. Also, it's interesting as well that like he 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 has like the wherewithal to be like, okay, well, like I I have to take care of this baby, even though like I went to Japan to find my illegitimate son. Suzy yep. Q is going to murder me. And he's yep. like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm bringing back another kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that, like, Suzy Q is going to absolutely murder him because of his illegitimate son. And he's like, oh, by the way, I met my illegitimate son. Also, I brought home this baby. Also, it's an invisible baby. 
I feel like that one he could kind of explain a little bit more better. Like, hey, <laughs> like he would have to have Jotaro there with him. Yeah. To like back him up, like, like, look, this this baby is invisible. Like, we did we couldn't find the mother. We tried, and you know, I guess I'm just gonna we're gonna take care of it. It's the only the only logical idea I had, because who else is gonna take care of a stand baby? Jotaro's just back there, like, mm, yeah, I'm thinking about my my uh my doctorate about this uh starfish the starfish i saw morio but yeah yeah old man yari, you were yari. right <laughs> yari, yari. <laughs> so yeah that's how joseph gets reintroduced um yep and then we meet one of the other big main characters of of this arc and rohan kashibe who will become a, a big prominent member or like a big prominent character going forward like post diamonds unbreakable because he's basically the 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 main character that uh Artiki has used for like uh, side stories that are related to Diamonds Unbreakable, because mm-hmm. there's a we we watched the OVAs of Thus Spoke Rohan, and then he also made like Rohan at the Louvre, which I've Louvre. read, which is very JoJo. I need to get that. It's on it, my wish list. It's good. Like it is. It is very much like you. You'll read it and be like, okay, yeah, this is JoJo. <laughs> JoJo. <laughs> um. But yeah. Uh, the is this wo- where we're gonna address the uh, the voice? Ah, uh, yeah. Um. Rohan has a good a good voice actor in Japanese. Yeah. 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 He's uh the Japanese Cloud Strife and Crow and uh someone else. But in English it's someone else. I forget who the other there was like a third person I mentioned. I forget who it is. In English though, it becomes very complicated. Yes. Because obviously they probably cast this and recorded everything before all the allegations came out. Uh-huh. Behind Vic and everything yeah. so that was one of the downsides that like he is just throughout this they didn't recast him or anything I don't know if it was just because hey they've already had all the stuff in the can and everything so they really couldn't yeah but like he is he was the voice of this and it was very just awkward but, throughout um, yeah. but hey when when Funimation's lawyers and Sony's lawyers are coming back at you like hey you're a f- we're gonna take you to court for your lawsuit and everything, he's probably going to be in some deep. So he should be in deep. Goodbye, you piece. Yeah, yeah, get get out of here. Uh, but Rohan is essentially he's a manga artist, and he has a stand entitled uh, called Heaven's Door, which is able to appear into a person's inner thoughts and everything by peeling back the pages of them, essentially. Um. Koichi kind of gets like enthralled with him because he he knows who like this guy is and it's like oh I want to I want to meet him and go around his, his studio and everything. Josuke and Okuyasu are just like eh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, it eventually becomes like a thing where Koichi kind of gets like brainwashed by Rohan, so Josuke and Okuyasu have to come back and figure out a way to to save him. Um, Rohan basically has mostly like the upper hand on everyone, but then he insults Josuke's hair and then gets the sh- kicked out of him. <laughs> Yeah, because the thing with Josuke and his hair is that, um, like, he kind of goes into a blind rage and he can't hear or, like, see anything. Mm-hmm. So anything that Rohan is saying to him or doing, he's just like, nope, I don't care. I can't do it. You've insulted my hair. Let's. Uh, so, yeah, he loses. <laughs> yes. Uh, they also, insp- like, uh, they talk about the backstory behind, like, why Josuke does that. And mm-hmm. it was about, like, how when he was like four years old he came down with like a real bad fever and everything and like was really really sick um 
apparently he saw a student with the same hairstyle he has now help him and his mom get to the hospital in a blizzard and that's what made him uh take that hairstyle and everything and why he like he cherishes it so much there mm-hmm. apparently have been like a lot of rumors of like I've seen the rumors. Like people being like, "Is that is that Josuke who time traveled?" And Araki basically will never say anything about it. Yeah, he never talks about it. So, who but knows? I also just like the idea of it just being like a regular <laughs> dude who like helps out and like it just creation. Like I like that that it's just not anything supernatural, not anything fancy. It's just a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. So, but, so they beat up Rohan, and he becomes an ally. <laughs> yep. You know, as you do. As you do. Uh, the next episode sees Jotaro and Josuke fighting a rat. Oh, God, the rat. Whose stand yeah. is rat with the t- two T's, round two and T's. round. Round and round. So, yeah, they have to go fight a rat, and this is where, like, we get to see a lot of Jotaro using the world and also getting beat up, and Josuke having to, like, shoot bullets at this rat. It's... It's real weird. It's real weird and like real weird. Kind of gross at points, like because like Jotaro's the like limbs decompose at certain. Yeah, points. the rat has an ability yeah. to like shoot at you, and if like you get hit by it, like it just like it swells up your arm and everything, like makes it like just real grotesque and like Ugh. destroys it essentially. And Jotaro just keeps getting hit over and over. Yeah, uh, and of course they're like Josuke, you cannot get hit, or else you will not be able to heal yourself. Yeah, that would be very bad. Yep. Um, so yeah, they deal with a rat. <laughs> As you do. As you do. Uh, the following episode sees Rohan go on a weird adventure and finds a a mysterious uh, road that does not exist. He finds like purgatory. Yeah. Um, this is where we get like the backstory behind uh, Remy Sugimoto, who we kind of talked about in the live action episode that they reference her in this. Um, mm-hmm. She and her dog were murdered 15 years ago, and they basically are stuck in this, like, alleyway that is where, you know, people, or it's like, the, it's like a, a, a place where it is in between, like, life and death, essentially. Yeah. Um. So she was stabbed in the back mm-hmm. pretty viciously, and her dog's throat was slit. Yes. Um. And you, you see the dog's throat, but you don't, you never see her wound she shows them multiple times but you never see it mm-hmm. uh the um, the main thing here is that like you can never look behind you or else like you'll just get taken away by the demon arms by, by the arms um so she explains that like how she was murdered and everything and like is trying to find people who will like stop this because like that murderer is still out there and she wants the she wants their help essentially mm-hmm. um uh koichi's also there and that's how like he learns about the learns about everything as well um, so they figure all that out. And this is basically the lead up to where, like, um, we are, we are getting introduced to Kira and everything. The Kira so, like, arc. Yeah. Um, Rohan goes, like, uh, to Raimi's grave afterwards and meets an old man there and realizes that, like, he was actually friends with her mm-hmm. before she was murdered. Um, and then we, we, this is the first time we see Kira. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he drives home with a, a woman's hand. Yep. Like a you know, casually. Like a pervert. Yeah, he, he, he has several moments with hands in the series. But yeah, I remember when we both like saw this episode, we we're like, oh, that's a hand. <laughs> uh, so after that serious episode, of course, you're thinking like, all right, we're going to go right dive into things. No, we're going to go yeah. learn about the lottery. You know, as you do. 
Uh, this this introduces uh, Shigekio, who has the stand Harvest, which is like it's basically a tiny, a lot of tiny little stands that go around and pick stuff up for him. Uh, Josuke and Okuyasu meet this dude, and then they con him into learn and like into winning the lottery. Yep. And basically, it just becomes this comedy of errors of them like oh, trying to con a bank into giving them the reward, getting the reward, and then trying to figure out a way to split it up between them and everyone being greedy about it. Yep. Yep. It's just ridiculous. Very ridiculous. But it's a start of a friendship. It's the start of a friendship. Sort of. It's it's so so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh after that, Yukiko meets uh the stand user who has Cinderella, Aya Suji, who has this uh beauty parlor that basically like can give you a new face. Mm-hmm. Um so she does that to try and make Koichi fall in love with her and he wants to woo Koichi. She's able to do it, but then like once the modific like once like the stuff like that she's done ha- like fall like starts to go away, it um basically so- like makes your face like deteriorate and everything, it makes you real ugly. You're supposed to use a certain lipstick within a few hours of having the treatment done to keep the face. Mm-hmm. And she forgets to do that. And so her face starts deteriorating. And she's mm-hmm. like, I can't be around anybody, especially not Guigi. Not like this. Uh, so, yeah, that all happens. And then, like, uh, Koichi confronts uh, Aya and Yukiko about it. Uh, Aya basically challenges yukiko and koichi to like find like yukiko's real face again and Mm -hmm. she's like koichi you have to do this uh so koichi basically does the thing and like he's like hey if you do this wrong like she's basically gonna be real messed up or she'll be blind she'll never see you again but if you find uh the real face she'll be fine um and then basically koichi's able to find the right face kind of kind of Aya kind of just like gives it to him because he's like, hey, you know, you you're you're being real here. Like here, you you you, you got this, uh, and and she makes you go back to normal. And that kind of, that's like the the kicking off point of Yukiko and Koichi's relationship. Yeah, because they smooch in this episode. They do smooch. Get some smoochings. It's kind of one of the things I was like kind of disappointed about with this series, just because like I I guess like there wasn't enough time for but like i would have liked to see like more of their relationship fleshed out yeah because it's kind of like this happens and then like everything goes right into kira so like you don't really get much else of it so you don't get to see see, like like, every once in a while together but yeah that's about it but like i thought it would just been interesting to see like how they like they 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 are just like everyday normal life like how they interact with like the the others and everything like Mm -hmm. like i read something like how like josuke like essentially just tolerates yukiko like he's like you make my friend happy so i will i will be okay with this but also you kind of did some stuff earlier so i'm not okay with that so we're just going to kind of like be like this i mean that's kind of how i would be about that yeah is that like yeah she did some pretty pretty terrible junk but uh like koichi's super happy so like tolerate Mm -hmm. um and i think she also like learns a little bit but i i she does have her moments where she you can definitely tell she would like go to bat for koichi and destroy whoever tries to touch him like at this point she is right or die for koichi Mm -hmm. it's like okay that's a good ally to have yeah no kidding Uh, she will appear (laughs) out of nowhere and just murder whoever's trying to get him so this leads us right into the kira arc which basically from this point onwards it is all about finding kira and uh taken him down essentially uh so we begin basically with the uh, a few episodes where we learn about who he is 
like what he has done essentially and it becomes like this whole thing where he has like the, uh, this hand in a sandwich bag and then Shigekio also find buys a sandwich from the same shop and they swap bags essentially and it's all this like this weirdness of Kira trying to get his bag back and so he so people don't realize there's an actual hand in there and all this just ridiculousness um it basically goes all the way up to like where Kira's inside like the school that Shigekio goes to like hiding because he wants to get that bag back but it's after the hide from Shigekio Josuke and Okuyasu as well it's like all just under ridiculous. gym equipment. Yeah, it's it's very ridiculous. Uh, at the end, uh, Shigekio is able to find out like there's a hand in that bag, and Kira also sees that. So like he's he has to, he basically comes to the conclusion I have to murder this young child. Yes. And that's where you you see his stand, Killer Queen, for the first time. Uh-huh. Or Deadly Queen, if you're Deadly the English queen. version. <laughs> um. So yeah, Kira murders Shigekio. Shigekio. Just- Obliterates him. He blows him up. Shigekio is trying to like go find Josuke to tell him what happened, uh, but he blows up into like nothing. There's mm-hmm. nothing left of him. And like, um, what's her what's her face? Um, ghosty girl. Raimi. Raimi sees him like in the purgatory area, like blow up, and she's like, "What? Like that's not good." Yeah. Um, also, uh. One of, and she, I think she realizes like, oh, he's done it again. Yeah, one of the one of the the members of Harvest comes up to Josuke and gives him like a button off of Shigekio's like jacket, yep. or off of Kira's jacket, excuse me. And then like they go to Raimi and then she's like, yeah, he's dead. And they're like, um, like, oh yeah, by the way, it's the same person who killed me. Um, um. So that leads them to like trying to find out like where this button was and like going to where they the jacket apparently had been repaired and all that sort of stuff uh i think this is also like where you see like all of the 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 uh the allies of josuke and everyone like just hanging out like so it's like it's josuke koichi okoyasu uh yukiko uh italian chef man Mm -hmm. um aya jotaro and uh rohan like all together like plotting out like what they're gonna do which is like it was it was this weird like thing of having them all together but it was like really cool to see like it was really cool here's like the main fighting group and like their their kind of support allies as well coming together to try and like figure out who this guy is and like how we're gonna stop them like do we have any clues how can we figure this out Mm -hmm. it's great and it's the first time we really see anything like that yeah uh so jotaro and koichi go to the shop and they're like they they get the owner and he's about to tell him like who the who it belongs to and then the owner just blows up. Yep. Because Asshole. of Killer Queen's second ability, sheer heart attack, which is what we saw at the end of the the JoJo live action movie. Live action movie. So this which becomes is like a remote control like bomb robot thing. Yeah, that ba- is heat seeking. It's heat seeking, and basically once it has like a lock on you, it it, it will never stop coming after you. This part's hilarious because they're watching it and you're like, oh man, Koichi is you. And you watched it before I got to. And so I went back and watched it later. And I was like, oh yeah, Koichi is me here. Because <laughs> um, Koichi like straight up <laughs> about the fact that like the stove isn't gas. Yes. And I was like, Koichi, I feel you on a spiritual level there, buddy. Like I also am upset when a stove is not gas. <laughs> He's like, what is this? It doesn't even get hot. I don't so, know yeah. why that voice like crack happened, but it, it seemed very Koichi like. I feel it. Uh, so Jotaro and Koichi are in some rough shape. They uh, they have to try and find who the jacket owner is, but Sheer Heart Attack is just trying to just 
obliterate them at all times. They realize that like I was heat seeking and all that sort of stuff. Um, and try and find a way to lure it away from them, involving like using an oven and all that sort of stuff. Uh, eventually, Koichi evolves uh, Reverb or Echoes into Act Three, and he's able to use like the his ability to like kind of just like force a bunch of weight onto Sheer Heart Attack and stop it. And that like that takes like uh, there's a scene where like Kira is like just having like a cup of coffee at like a, a cafe or something outside yep. and like once that happens you see like his hand just go whoop, right to Whoop. the ground and he's like um <laughs> everyone's like sir are you okay yes everything's fine I'm okay everything's, everything's good um also koichi his his act three stand um is hilarious yes um he like wears board shorts but also he spells out curse words so it's like s-h-i-t really good like what it's, it's a very sassy stand the most sassy of stands like it's so funny this stand like every time he does something like that i'm like oh my god this dude um and he's really like the most vocal stand that we have it's true um but yeah he's he's sassy and kind of fits koichi really uh so all that happens uh josuke and okoyasu show up eventually and then kira shows up and is able to get out of the range of Act 3 because Act 3 has a very limited range compared to the other versions of Reverb or Echoes. Mm -hmm. um, Kira beats the crap out of Koichi. Like, who, he almost dies. Yeah. He uh, learns... Koichi learns who Kira actually is. Um, Jotaro is able to, like... Jotaro's been out of commission for a while because he, he got hit by a blast. Um, he He's able to stop Kira from murdering Koichi. And then Josuke and Okuyasu show up to heal both of them. Uh... Kira like cuts off his own hand to let uh, Sheer Heart Attack get a free and everything, and <laughs> Josuke heals Kira. He's like, "Here, here's your hand back to your body." Or they 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 heal the hand so like it'll follow him back to his body to find out where he is essentially. Yeah. Um, they they realize he went to the the salon where Cinderella and everything is. Uh, Kira murders Aya and has yep. him or has her replace his face with someone else. Yep. So they don't know who Kira is now. He has a new identity, but they realize uh, we this is very bad. But they know who he is, but they just don't know who he looks like now. So like the next part of this is just them trying to figure out like whose body he's taken. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that leads us to uh, they they go find uh, Kira's house. They search through it. I'll find all his weird toenail clippings and all that stuff. Um, he gets murderous rages and his fingernails grow a certain length. Mm -hmm. And then they meet uh, his dad. His, his his weird ghost dad. Yes. Who's like trapped in photographs and flies it flying around in photographs. Also, he has the bow and he has the arrow. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. <laughs> um, yes. So he has the bow and arrow and he's like, I have to get allies for my son. Mm -hmm. Yay. He's able to escape uh, everyone and with an arrow and everything so that happens uh then we see who uh, kira is now he is assumed the identity of kosaku kawajiri who has a wife named shinobu and a son named hayato mm -hmm. and the they have a very unhappy marriage yes. and they were just kind of like forced together because of hayato mm -hmm. um and so she's just been like god i hate you so much <laughs> repeatedly it's true uh of course, you know, after that, it's going to be another big, big, serious episode, right? Totally. Totally. Uh, no, we're, we're just going to see Rohan try and play some, some junkin' with, with a little kid. 
That kid's so weird. He wants to play. He wants to play. It's rock, paper, scissors, essentially. Rock, paper, scissors, yeah. And just keeps wanting to play even if he loses and everything. Uh, but his stand is able to, like, if it, if it wins, it steals energy from you. So he can like, effectively steal stands and everything. Yep. So, like, Rohan's like, I gotta take care of this. Oh, no. Uh, that involves basically taking uh, the invisible baby from Joseph. So that he can, so that he, the the baby will change what uh, the kid throws out. Also, the kids stand as boy to men. Amazing. Too bad the kid has to come to the end of, of the, road. the road. But he stops using a stand for bad things. This is a uh, this kid was one of the first people that uh, Kira's dad hit with the arrow to to try and help, which clearly helped. Yeah, um, super helps. This is also the episode we watched together, which was fun. Yeah. Um, following that, again, you're like, well, we gotta get back to the serious stuff, right? Uh, no, we find an alien. I love the alien boy! <laughs> uh, we, they find a weird person. Josuke and Oki also come across a weirdo who's named Mikitaka Hazakura, who's like, I'm an alien. And they're and like, he, yeah, okay, they find buddy. Him sleeping in a crop circle. You're an alien. But then, like, he just does, like, some weird things. And like, like maybe he, you're he, an alien. He, like pulls ice cream out of his bag mm-hmm. and they're like um how do you just have ice cream that's not melted in your bag and he's like because i'm an alien they're like oh okay he does not like You're... sirens he is very freaked out about sirens he's allergic to sirens yes. he turns himself into shoes at one point to get away from sirens uh they realize he's not really a stand user because like he can't see uh crazy diamond so like i guess you're okay and then Josuke's like well you got this transformation ability buddy what if you help me get one over on Rohan? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, oh, I'm going to make you turn into a pair of dice and you're going to help me scam some money out of Rohan. Yep. And then it just becomes this most ridiculous thing of like Rohan being like, you're cheating. I know you're cheating. I don't know how you're cheating, but you're cheating. And Josuke is getting more and more just like perturbed about this. He's um, like, I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating. Maybe you're cheating. I mean, he like he Rohan stabs himself and then puts up like two million yen to be like, all right, you're I'm going to find how you how you're cheating and all this. Um, and then also every he has like a magnifying glass at one point. He where does he's like looking to see what's wrong with the dice and he can't figure anything out. The end of the game happens when Rohan realizes his house is on fire. Yep, <laughs> which that's how Josuke is able to get away. Yep, because the sirens from it um, also mess up the. Uh... The aliens ability, yeah. but but yeah, um, so that magnifying glass that he pulled out to look and figure out how he was cheating, um, the sun caught it and set his house on fire. <laughs> and I I saw a Tumblr post once. It was like Josuke is not a good boy. You set a man's house on fire, and they're like, no, he was present when a man set his own house on fire. <laughs> He did not commit arson. His the the homeowner committed arson. He did not commit arson. It was not his fault. It's not his fault. Not his fault. He uh, is a good boy. So Rohan and Josuke have like this beef now, and Rohan and, and Josuke or Rohan's like really mad at Josuke. Uh, they ride a bus the next day, and Rohan sees like this window through the tunnel they're going through, and he sees like someone who he thinks is a, a victim of of Kira. So he's like, "Oh, that's bad." Um. So Rohan tries to go there, and Josuke's like, "Why are you? No, don't do that. I'm not going with you. We're we're enemies now." 
Uh, Rohan goes into the room and finds the finds a new stand called Highway Star. Because of course, it like mm-hmm. sucks the nutrients out of you. And then mm-hmm. like it it's a uh, it's one thing it has that like it will it will basically chase after you at like a speed of like sixty kilometers an hour. Yep. So as long as you're faster than that, you can get away. But if you're not, it will like latch onto you with like its feetsies. Yeah, its little feetsies are weird. So they got to find out who the stand user is, and then they they figure out like, oh well, this person was hospitalized from a traffic accident, probably using all these nutrients to heal himself. So let's go find them. They find this dude whose name is Yuya Fungami. Uh, he's like a like a low level like gangster essentially kind of he's got like a, he's got his he's like a biker gang type guy kind of yeah. essentially um he's got like these weird he's got these ladies with him and everything uh they go there and then uh josuke's like i want to beat the crap out of you take all also, your nutrients his his ladies are weird because he has like these three groupies that follow mm-hmm. him around and it he weird stuff to him he's like what have you on your period and it's like oh he, he has a good nose that was his thing yeah, because he could say like he he like knows that they've been sitting on like vinyl seating because of their sweat, and it's like, ew, you're gross. What the heck? Uh, so yeah, Josuke basically gets him to stop and everything, heals his injuries and everything, uh, and this dude becomes an ally at one point now. <laughs> yep, you know uh, as you do. Also at the Kawajiri household, which we we have kind of been neglecting, uh, the wife finds a cat in the basement. Yep. That leads yep. us to an episode called The Cat Likes Yoshikage Kira. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they find that like the cat has a hole in its throat. Yep. And then they, they bury the cat. The cat comes back to life. It is now a plant, which is now called Stray Cat. It has the ability to control air and everything. It's very dangerous. It has a grudge against uh, the wife. Kira like saves her, essentially, and then mm-hmm. like throws it up in the attic. Uh, yep. Uh, Hayato comes like finds it in the attic and realizes like that like if it, it gets exposed to sunlight it will wake back up and gets like attacked by it and then is able to kind of like get the lights out and everything but it's still real sketchy uh also Hayato realizes that uh Kira is not his actual real father mm-hmm. his father has been taking place this leads us to a wild set of episodes that all take place on July 15th, which was just, just a few days ago. Like last week. This... It would have been last week by this point, this, when this goes up. Um, Wait, no, July 15th. It's uh, June. Oh, sorry, June. Yeah, you're right, July 15th. Next month, the anniversary of the 20th anniversary of all these weird things happening on a Thursday in Morio. This isn't the part where he has the weird shower with the sun, is it? No, that's later. Uh, it might be at the end. Or maybe they just have two weird shower moments, because that, that may be a thing. Um, I think it's at the end of this, because that's when uh, he, he this stuff happens. We'll Kira right. just really loves to be naked in front of it's, his... He gets naked. You see his ass a lot. You see his butt so much, and like his new son's like, Um, please stop being dong out around me, sir. Very creepy. It's true. Uh, so Hayato's been following around Kira and everything. Josuke and Okuyasu, uh, with their alien friend, come across a new stand user who is Toyohiro Kanadaichi, who's living on an electrical pylon. Just hanging out there. 
Uh, you come within like his his domain. You basically are stuck there forever because because of his stand, Superfly. Um, so they just get okay. Also, you have to try and figure out a way to 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 stop that and get out of it and everything. Uh, the alien helps them, helps uh Josuke escape, but he becomes trapped there himself. And he's like, "Yeah, whatever, it's fine. I'm an alien after all." <laughs> While that's happening, uh, Rohan, who's been also like trying to find where Kira is, uh sees like uh the sees Hayato and like a couple pictures show up and tries to like figure out what the connection is there. Mm-hmm. Um Rohan then gets met by like this weird architect who comes to like see how like his uh what it's gonna take to fix his house from the, the fire. Uh <laughs> he realizes this dude is like really acting real weird because he keeps like not showing people his back. Like he'll just like rub up against a wall to make sure no one sees his back. Um he uses Heaven's door to like to find that he has this weird aversion to looking at, like have people looking at his back. He's like, that's real weird. Uh, da, 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 da. It's got that weird, like clingy on. Stand yes. Thing. Uh, so yeah, that that's like once eventually like, uh, Rohan looks at the dude's back. Essentially. He's like, he, the, the stand that was on this dude's back clings over to, to Rohan and also murders the dude in the process. Yep. So that's a bad thing. Also, Koichi gets kidnapped. Yes. So Josuke uh, enlists the dude who they just uh, beat up in the hospital. Like, like, hey, we we need your nose to to find this find our buddy. Um, Josuke encounters a new stand user whose name is uh, Taranosuke Miyamoto, who traps people on pieces of paper. This is also where we get to see one of the most iconic scenes from the series, where <laughs> Josuke is opening up a piece of paper and then a gun just comes out of it. A gun comes out of the paper. <laughs> it's real good. <laughs> Uh... <laughs> so Josuke has to figure out a way to get like his mom and Koichi back and everything. Make sure they don't get shredded up into in a shredder of paper and everything. It's all just really wild. Uh, the this other stand user basically gets thrown into a book, and that's how they stop him. Um, Koichi's back, and Rohan's like, "Hey, I need you to help me. There's a thing on my back. Its name is Cheap Trick, by the way." Um, <laughs> Rohan tries to get to the hotel without anyone seeing his back, which is a very just hard thing to do. He he goes into this neighborhood that like has all these like animals, and then the the stand like makes the animals all mad at him. So they have to like so they're gonna come in like get him. Koichi's able to like save him essentially. Um, Koichi tries to like y- rip it off with echoes, can't do it. Basically, if he rips it off, he'll like rip off Rohan's back. Yikes! Uh, and then essentially they decide, hey, let's let's bring this this stand to to Raimi's weird alley, and then we'll just get it dragged into the netherworld. Yep. I was trying to look up um, because Rohan has some kind of like weird thing in his house for the insurance. Like he has some kind of like furniture or something that was just so bizarre. For some reason, I'm thinking it's like the furniture from like Pretty Woman. I don't remember. It's something super weird that he has that is like a huge interest claim. Like trivia in this. Big meows. I don't know. I heard something about a stray cat. I'm not a stray cat, but I'm a cat. I'm a key cat. No dance, 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 dance. 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was just something very bizarre, and I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find it. But he has some kind of like really odd furniture that he's claiming on insurance. It makes sense. It's uh, hilarious. Also, during this entire day, uh, Hayato follows Kira to one point where he he sees Kira murder like this couple. Yep. So he's like, Hayato's going to set up a bunch more cameras and everything that will help him get more evidence in case like, he needs to use this for whatever reason, which is going to come up here very shortly. Um, yep. Because Kira like kind of accidentally kills Hayato. Yeah, whoops. That's true. Uh, this is when they're in the bath together and he's like, blonk, bonks him over it. Um, it's because he learns that like the Rohan and the others have, they've narrowed down Kosakaku Kawajiri as a suspect. Um, also, Kira gets hit with a stand again, or with the arrow again. Yep. And that gives uh, Killer Queen a new ability called Another One Bites the Dust. Uh, Hayato's alive the next morning and like nothing has happened. He sees like a bunch of like weird things that have happened. Like Kira has like this new hairdo, which is like just weird slicked back hair. It's very, weird slicked back hair with like black and white lines in it. It's, it's very, very strange. weird. Um, uh, Hayato goes to school and then runs into Rohan, who uses Heaven's Door to read his memories. He reads a bunch of pages that have like that like say, "Hey, Kira is my dad and everything," but also like, "Don't hey, read don't read anything further." And he does. And then if you read further, bad things will happen. Rohan reads further that uh, activates the bomb that's inside Hayato, which is bites the dust, um, yep. and it kills anyone who will find it, it. Kills anyone who finds out that Kira is Kira. Yep. Through Hayato, so, so he explodes. He explodes, and then at the end of the episode, basically Hayato like finds himself warped back an hour because of the. Uh, also, another one of the effects of bites the dust is that like it makes you it makes you basically do a Groundhog Day effect. So he has to repeatedly see all these people die. He does. Uh, Hayato tries again. He's able to kind of avoid Rohan, but then runs into Josuke, or not Josuke, he runs into Jotaro and Koichi. Yep. Um, and then Josuke, Okuyasu, and Rohan all show up. They, they like, pester him. And, like, like they find out, like, who he is. They're like, hey, we've seen you in this photograph. Like, what is going on with you? And basically, Hayato tries to find ways to maneuver out of it, but he's unable to. He gets basically pestered like hey do you know who Yoshikage Kira is essentially uh and then that kind of starts the the chain reaction of them getting blown up and then Taito has to redo the morning again yay um, so he tries to find a way to figure out like how am I gonna upset the flow of this morning um because like Kira knows what's happening he's like following him now um so Hayato takes Stray Cat from the attic puts it in his backpack and is like I'm gonna okay I'm gonna wait for Kira to show up and then I'm gonna launch an attack at him and and try and murder this dude, um. So he's able to do that. He's able to launch an attack from Stray Cat into Kira, but Kira is able to protect himself because of because he had a a watch in his jacket from like where he got coffee spilled on his hand uh, earlier in the day because of what Hayato had done, and yep. things are still bad. Yeah, things are very bad. Things are very very bad. Kira's like, haha, you suck, little kid. I am the mighty Yoshikaga Kira. I am never going to die. And then here comes Josuke. He's like, oh, did you just say Yoshikaga Kira? Hello. What's I'm up? Josuke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Josuke. Uh, so because of that, Kira has to like uh, take the take bites of dust away from Hayato, which basically undoes everything that's happened. So no one else is going to get blown up currently. 
um, because they're going to fight now. So he gets into a fight with Josuke and Okuyasu. He's able to take Stray Cat away and use the the shots to make bombs that are very bad, including messing up Okuyasu. Um, and um, Josuke goes over and is like trying to heal Okuyasu, but Okuyasu's not, not coming back. And also Hayato's like, hey, he's probably a bomb. Like, you do not want to touch him. Yeah, don't touch him because he is a bomb. Um which is yikes but um he eventually keeps telling him like you have to leave him he's dead mm -hmm. and he's like no don't say that he's not dead yeah. so that, that gives like uh josuke a big decision but then like uh hayato figures out like oh he probably can only do one bomb at a time so like let me do this like hayato runs over to okuyasu gets blown up himself allows josuke to heal him and also get okuyasu so he can heal him as well like <laughs> Hayato becomes, like, the smartest character in all of JoJo in, like, these last, like, ten episodes. Right? <laughs> and also and he's, he's not like, even a stand user. He's just He's like, alright, I'm gonna do all this. Whatever. Um, they get... Another bomb gets launched at them, but they're able to kind of get out of the way. Um, this is where you see that the weird shield thing from the game comes into play here for, like, yeah, the first time the, ever. The, like, earth shield thing. Mm -hmm. And then also, Okoyasu is still not, like, waking up or anything, so, like, Josuke is like very much fearing the worst yeah um he's he's kind of having flashbacks here to the whole situation with his grandpa where mm -hmm. he just didn't get to him in time mm -hmm. which oh is my very... god loki just brought me a potato and put it in my shoe oh which is very <laughs> worrying for us because we were like oh yes he's a good boy why would they kill him it was why very bizarre him? though because it felt very low-key yeah in the way that like if this was an actual death they would have probably made it more of a big deal well i mean you say that but then like Think about how um, Abdul died. Yeah. Like, Abdul died with, like, no fanfare whatsoever. He just disappeared. Which time? <laughs> uh, the actual time that he died, when he was just arms. Well, they, they showed, like, his literally him and Iggy's spirit. Later. Going away. Like, they never showed anything for Okoyasu here. Yeah, that but that was later that they showed that, so you didn't... I didn't think that was later. I think that was, like, at the end of that episode. There was a conversation that we had that was like, did he actually die? Um, I think it was the next episode we saw it. Well, regardless, like, Okuyasu, by the time the next episode comes around, he's still just laying around. So, like, it was still kind of, like, up in the air. Yeah. But it's really was. affecting Josuke's state of mind anyway. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, Josuke and Haito, like, go into a house and try to hide. And Kira is able to figure out his location and send air bombs after him. Um Josuke's got, like, pieces of wood in his body now. Yeah, he now. gets messed up. Uh, Josuke eventually figures out that, like, Kira has a cell phone on him and figures out that, like, it's his dad that's been hiding around and giving him, like, their location. So, like, he he's able to trick Kira into sending a bomb into a different way to Kira, to kill, like, his dad. Yep. Um, and then, like, he's on the phone. It's like, it's like, Kira's like, did I do it? Did I kill Josuke? And Josuke's like, oh, you did it all right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Josuke's able to, like, get Kira into close quarters, but then Stray Cat protects Kira from what's happening and basically fuses with Kira, essentially. Yeah. Um, Josuke is about to get real messed up from another air bomb, but then here comes Okuyasu to, to save the day. Good boy. He's like, yeah, man, I saw my brother. My brother was like, you aren't supposed to be here now. I was like, all right, guess I'm leaving. <laughs> He's like, I saw the light and I was going towards him. My brother's like, what are you doing, man? Get out of here. 
And he's like, okay, well, I guess I'm going back then. Bye. Uh, so all that happens. And then basically Kira's like out in the middle of the road and then everyone else shows up also along with like some, some ambulances and fire departments. Cause like a, the house blew up essentially. Yeah. Um, um so and that, this lady's like, sir, are you okay? Yeah, that leads us to our finale where, like, this medic is trying to, like, help Kira and, like, everything. And they're like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, he's able to activate Bites of Dust on the on this nurse. And he thinks he's able to succeed. But then, like, immediately he finds himself in the in the alley. And Raimi's like... How did you not talk about the fact that, like, he said boner? Oh, right. He talk, he, He's basically talking to this nurse about, like just like giving all his like secrets away and everything and like talking about how he saw the Moto Lisa and how that he saw the hand and how perfect it was and it gave him a boner which they bleeped out which is they hilarious bleeped out the word boner <laughs> it's a very funny thing to see when you're watching the end of Jojo with your mother oh yeah I bet <laughs> oh, I bet that was really weird yeah she just kept she's kind of like what is a show what is is this a, is this a kid's show what is happening? Oh my god! Which <laughs> like, nope, nope. There's some question if he says boner or erection because in certain translations he says different words. Yeah, but like but either way, it's like the same, it's the same deal. It's a weird thing to bleep out because a they already had this show rated TVMA and like they say like shit and everything like that. Yeah. Um So like I don't understand why you would bleep out that, but I don't know. Um, we can say curse words, but we can't talk about boners. Apparently not. Uh, so yeah, Kira basically thinks he's 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 outsmarted them again. He's he's done it again. But then he finds himself in the alley, and Raimi's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, you f-ed up. You're dead." And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm fine. Nothing bad happened here. That's not ha- what happened." And then basically, it cuts back to like the like what's actually happening in reality, and like you just see like an ambulance just run him over. <laughs> Just like smashes his face in. Like, oh god, get off him! He's like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Just like <laughs> running him over more and more. Um, and he's like, I know where I am. I can't look back. That's what I'm supposed to do. And she like shows the the knife wounds again. Mm-hmm. He he's upset with that. I forget what actually makes him look back. He basically thinks he's gonna outsmart her by thinking like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to look back and all yeah. this stuff. But then basically. She's like, yeah, you don't think I already know that? You don't think I already have a plan to to, to do this to you? And then I forget exactly she what she does. Him. She outsmarts him and gets him to look back, and then all the hands come in. Which, like, talk about some irony. Like, murders women and cuts off their hands, and then he dies via hands. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um. So, yeah, Kira is now dead. He got smushed under an ambulance. He got smushed under an ambulance and then just, like, completely torn to shreds. Which we were wondering, we're like, how are they going to fight this guy? Because he's like, there's everyone around him now. Like, how how are you going to actually have the guys win? And the answer is, they don't. They said an ambulance runs him over. Ambulance runs him over, which is fantastic. I guess to be fair, Koichi, like, helps that happen by, like, like pressing him down with Act 3. Yeah. And then the ambulance just runs him over, though. <laughs> which, yeah, MVP of this is that everything is going to happen. And Koichi's just like, nope, Act 3, smash down. And the ambulance driver. Shout out to the ambulance driver. And the ambulance driver. And I think Jotaro, like, uses the world at one point. Yes. Um. So, like, Koichi is seriously, like, 
MVP as like in addition with the ambulance driver, but there's ambulance a, driver didn't know he was MVP. There's a good portion where like um, Jotaro uses the world and like just literally stops for a second right in front of uh, Kira and just like, <sighs> and then just pounds into him. <laughs> and then does like a dramatic turn away with with um, Star Platinum, like. The dude is so extra that he like beats the crap out of him and then like dramatically has his stand turn away from him. Mm-hmm. Like amazing. Jotaro, you dork. Jotaro is a huge dork, even though he doesn't wanna he doesn't wanna act like he is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have defeated Kira. Everything is peaceful in Morio again. Yep. Uh basically everyone goes and says says bye to Raimi. She she's able to finally ascend. And be free of her purgatory, essentially. Um, and then, and then, basically, after that, we kind of get like the the "here's where everyone's at now" type thing. Yeah. Um, so you get to see uh, Josuke's mom yell at Josuke. <laughs> you get to see Okuyasu and his dad at the Italian restaurant. He's trying to heal his dad with the with Italian stray cat. Food. <laughs> With Stray Cat, right? Yep. I forgot Stray Cat's there. Uh, it doesn't work on the dad, but like the dad feels better, and and Okuyasu is just like, all right, okay, that's fine. Okay. He's like, oh, okay, well, that's yeah. Yeah. His dad likes gets me. Uh, Koichi and Yukiko have a have a moment in front of the Angela Rock, <laughs> which is nice. Uh, also, yeah. at the restaurant is uh, Yuya and his his groupies. Yes. They're, they're very happy with everything as well. Uh, the the chef is like I hope I, he he expresses that he's looking forward to everyone's next visit. Um, you get to see a bunch of minor characters like walking around. Um, there's like I think uh, Koichi's mom is like talking to some or someone's talking to Koichi's mom and talking about how like Koichi's in a relationship now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see like these ladies that used to work with Kira talk about how Kira's been basically found dead and everything, all that sorts of stuff. Um, the two like minor characters from the very beginning, the uh, the lock guy and the 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 dummy guy, are like arguing over juice, and one of them had like uh the juice spilled onto the other one's uh big magazine of Shonen Jump. Yep. <laughs> uh, Rohan's doing some hand exercises and working on his next manga, also while having a a copy of Shonen Jump, uh, on his desk. Alien and his new friend are. Or on the electrical platform or the electrical thingamajigger. Mm-hmm. Um, Tower. Yes, that thing. And then you see at the very end, Josuke, Koichi, and Okuyasu hanging out in front of the store. And they're talking about how Rohan got apparently uh, picked up for shoplifting. Yep. <laughs> and then it ends with Josuke doing a, a, a classic JoJo pose. Oh, but you missed the part where he does the most Joseph thing ever, and you're like, okay, yeah. Oh, right, 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 yeah. So, uh, before all that happens, basically, it it uh, it begins with uh, Josuke or or Jotaro and Joseph leaving, and Jotaro and Joseph are like talking about how they're they think like they can leave this place and it'll be okay because they they can leave it in capable hands and everything. Um, Josuke shows up and is like. Do you have the picture of my mom that I gave you? Yeah. And Joseph's like, yes, right here in my wallet. <laughs> and um, Josuke basically is like, good, because I have a piece of it here. And then um, he's like, huh? 
And then he heals the piece of the picture <laughs> and pulls Joseph's wallet away from him. He's like, thanks, old man. And it's so <laughs> But, like, it's the most, like, like father, like, son moment it's ever. True. Like, because Joseph would have done that if he had oh, that yeah. ability. Joseph, Joseph is mad at first and then kind of, like, has this realization, like, that's my kid. That's my that's kid. That's my yeah. kid. Also, they have the invisible baby called- as well. They do have the invisible baby, and Jotaro gets his uh, doctorate based on the starfish at Morio. <laughs> he saw a starfish in Morio, wrote a doctorate about it, and became, he got his PhD. <laughs> he got his PhD with a dissertation about a starfish in Morio. So good. It's so funny. <sighs> but yeah, that JoJo pose is A++ at the end. Like, that that pose is amazing. Um, One thing that we should talk about besides... um. We've already talked about one, but like before we wrap up everything, mm-hmm. there are a few things we have to talk about. One voice cast, very good, very good. Um, one, wait. of course, one exception, but yes, very good. Yeah, but like DC Douglas does awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic Matt- job as Kira. Fantastic job. We have Matt Mercer coming back as Jotaro, obviously doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid who played Josuke is like relatively new yeah billy kamitz uh he he plays josuke um i would click on this but like the link does not want to open it's very rude there we go let's just click on the link um but yeah like i don't think he's done a ton of stuff um he's apparently in cross tag battle as one of the new dlc characters he's going to be in mm-hmm. he's going to be one of the new characters in persona 5 royal um outside of that He's been in some other stuff, but like nothing I've really like watched. So, so like I didn't have like a lot of experience with him, but like he does a fantastic job of he does playing such Josuke. a good job. But also, I think it's great that they gave this guy who's like relatively unknown like a huge, huge role here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Also, relatively unknown is Koichi's. Um. He didn't do a whole lot of stuff before this, but. I did just look, and he's going to be Ota and um, I, yeah. the, the new game, so that's exciting. Like if you watch those trailers, you can definitely hear him in that. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like you said, like again, like not a lot of not a lot of roles. Like he's been in, I think, a little bit more prominent stuff. Like he's been in a uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blood Orphans. He was in the dub of One Punch Man. Um, so like some more, you know, bigger stuff. But like, yeah, again, like another person who's like not prolific in like their roles essentially but like again does a fantastic job with what they have and with Okuyasu's um whoa he was Vanilla Ice 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 Baby I think he was also uh his voice actor was the director ah for the the dub and everything so yeah so it's an amazing cast um really really good also um Diamond is Unbreakable reignited my love of Savage Garden. It's true. Um, because I thought that I hated Savage Garden. And then I listened to this. I was like, you know what? Savage Garden isn't that bad. The only song that I thought that I liked was the animal song, which is the best Savage Garden song, period. Um, but then I was like, you know what? Maybe it was just because Savage Garden was severely overplayed, but they're really good. And now I have the greatest hits of Savage Garden in my car right now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the opening songs... Are fantastic amazing like that opening one like the first one uh crazy noisy bizarre town Mm -hmm. 
where it's like a boy band is amazing. a boy band we made specifically for that song. Yeah, no, but I mean, like they do like a boy band pose with like yeah. Okiyasu and Koichi and and Josuke and Jotaro's like I'm not doing this. I'm just gonna point. Um, but it's so funny. But yeah, they made a boy band for this, and it's great. And the song is fantastic. When they do the live performance, they dressed up as all the all the boys, which is very good as well. They did. They were Josuke and Koichi and Okuyasu. It's amazing. I think what's real interesting though is that, like all of the openings for this series are like just completely different from each other. Very different. Like Crazy very, Noisy very Bizarre Town, as you said, is like this boy band type like song. Poppy. Chase is like um like a very like rock ballad or not ballad, just like rock song. Yeah. Which is very different from like everything else that's come before it. And then Great Days is like this ballad. It's it's not even necessarily just a ballad. It's like um like a really positive sounding yeah. song. Um, it's really exciting, and also then like the the unit version of it's just amazing, which is really good. They get basically they literally get everyone back, everyone from the beginning of JoJo all the way up to now. All of the opening artists are included, and that's what they use as the credit song for the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very very good. Um, so and then yeah, it's just a phenomenal phenomenal setup openings and then i want you is all the way through um it's for like a few episodes and mm-hmm. um i like that they kept changing the ending though like as we met new characters they would show up in the ending mm-hmm. that was really fun just i'm constantly still updating i really want that one picture as a wallpaper and i have yet to find it it's really upsetting <sighs> um so should we talk about opinions first or should we talk about um, Rohan that we just watched? Uh, I would like to mention once again, because I think we've okay. talked about this before, that, you know, you're talking about how Savage Garden was the ending song for most of the series. Again, the vocalist of Savage Garden, Darren Hayes, was yep. more than happy to license their song for the anime and admires the JoJo series in general. Which is amazing. A plus. Makes me respect him even more. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the OVAs. Okay, let's talk about the OVAs since we watched them. So these are, there were two OVAs that they have done in between uh, Diamond is Unbreakable and Golden Wind. Uh, They are adaptations of the Thus Spoke Kishibe Rohan manga that are basically a bunch of one-shots that have taken place like kind of after Diamond is Unbreakable has happened. Uh, They are very kind of sporadic one-shots because I think like the first one was done in... Let's see here. 1997. Wow. And then the latest one was in February of 2018. Also, they are very weirdly titled because like the first one is literally called episode 16. <laughs> and then the ninth one is episode nine. Um, When did the first manga of Diamond is Unbreakable come out? Well, let's see. Like, did this come before? Diamond is Unbreakable? No. Because you said 1997, but this takes place in 1999. Right. Uh, Diamond is Unbreakable was released from 92 to 95. Okay, wow. So a little bit earlier. But yeah, like these have been uh, a bunch of one-shots that have, they basically have continued. Um, they unfortunately are not localized in English at the moment, which is a bummer because I think that would it would be really cool if they did. Like they've done the uh, the Rohan, the Louvre one, one-shot basically, and that's been localized. But I think that was because it was involved in a collection Mm-hmm. With the little and everything, <laughs> um, they have been they have been translated in other languages. So like, uh, 
the first volume is translated in Japanese, Italian, and French, and then the second volume is translated in in Japanese and French. So, it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, these are two OVAs that they basically adapted to be kind of in between while they got ready for Golden Wind. They they did uh, episode five, Millionaire Village, and then episode two, Mutsukabe Hill. Um, they changed the art style. They changed the art style. It, they basically tried to change it so it would be more kind of in line with like the art style of the manga, which makes it very weird coming off of coming right off of Diamond is Unbreakable because it just looks so different. Like you immediately see Rohan and like he looks like so realistic. Like yeah. not more realistic, but like just more realistic in terms of like how that character was designed compared to Diamond is Unbreakable, and it's just very weird. And, like, I do know that he's, like, seven years older, but, like, even still, it's very weird. Mm -hmm. um, outside of that, though, like, these are some very JoJo JoJo episodes. Yeah, they regardless are. Regardless of the art style change. Like, uh, the first one is about going to, like, uh, his editor wants him to go to this village and, like, he, she wants to buy a house or, like, a, a property there. And, like, the, the, in order to get in, you have to, like, present proper manners and everything. And if you don't... You basically have something bad happen to you, and it's just weird. Your most valued things get taken away from you if you don't use proper manners. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and then the second one just gets even weirder. And it's about, like, um, Rohan trying to sell this piece of property he has because he got broke. And, like, invested in this, this some bad investments. And then learns about this weird mystery about, like, this ghost, essentially, that... Um, that becomes like this huge story of like this lady who accidentally killed her boyfriend and then the boyfriend just never stopped bleeding. Yep. Even though he was dead. So like, she just like kept him up in the house and like would let him bleed every day and then just take his blood and get she, rid of it. Yeah. Empty the blood every day. Um, like one point she has to like drink it to keep her boyfriend like out of the know, which mm -hmm. is disgusting. Um, but she just like goes and drains him and sometimes spritzes his face so that he he comes back to life for a bit he doesn't come back to life but he like looks like he's living mm -hmm. again um also like dies by getting like impaled in the head by a putter yeah that was weird yeah very weird um also she bones that dead body multiple times because she has multiple kids with him i found out yep Rohan runs into um, one of the kids and like accidentally kills her and like sees like oh god she just keeps bleeding this is real bad I have to I have to use heaven's door to make her live and just like forget for she can't see me make everything okay so like he barely is able to do that or else he would have been like cursed and all this it's it's a wild episode it's so weird um very jojo though also yes. they show they show the boys they do like they added those in for like the anime specifically um there are like some scenes where rohan's like out hanging out with the uh, uh okoyasu koichi and josuke you see okoyasu and koichi like speak and you actually see them but you only see the back of josuke he never yep. speaks or anything he so that's all you see also, for some reason, like, it's seven years in the future, but they're still in their high school uniforms. Yeah. yeah. So that's weird. Um, also, like, Koichi just looks like a nightmare. And he I looks real weird. I sent you, like, 10,000 memes that night. You did. Um, but, like, I would really, I'd be interested in seeing, like, them more do these? more of these or, like, uh, adapting the other one that I just got. 
is very much in, in, in the line of JoJo. Speaking of good songs, that Coda song. Yes. Ooh, it's so good. Uh, Coda did a song specifically for the OVAs called Finding the Truth. And they use it like they use kind of like a remix version as the opening theme and then like the actual theme as the ending theme. And it's very good. It's so good. I did not realize that's what this was attached to. And then like mm-hmm. once once I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, Heaven's Door. They even say that in there like I'm an <laughs> idiot. Um, but yeah, it's real, real good. Coda like cannot do wrong in my opinion so far. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so these were good, other than, like, the weird art mm-hmm. style with Koichi. Koichi just looks like a nightmare child. Like, they're, like I think Araki has, like, come out and said, like, you know, Josuke's his favorite character and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's interesting that, like, of the stuff he's done post-Diamond is Unbreakable, like, that kind of comes back into that world. It's all, like, focused around Rohan. Which, yeah. like, I guess it makes a little bit of sense because, like, he can use that to make, like, his weird goofy jokes on other manga artists which he does in like one of these uh adapted episodes essentially but mm-hmm. like you never josuke is never really seen again no post this like you never really get to hear from him like the only thing that really he comes back up again is like in uh the the current uh part that's happening now and that's just like a alternate version of part four mm-hmm. so it is it's bizarre but like bizarre I, yeah <laughs> I, I mean like you even get koichi back mm-hmm but you don't get Josuke. And, you know, I think maybe, like, if it's his favorite character, maybe he just wants Josuke to, like, have his fictional happy life. Yeah. Like, maybe that's just what it is, honestly. Considering and, all the crap he's put his other main characters through, like, I guess we should probably be lucky that Josuke hasn't really had anything bad happen to him. Yeah, I mean, you know, his grandpa died, and that's pretty tragic. But, like, he... Well, I mean, I guess, like, post, like, his actual, like, part he's in. Oh, right. Yeah, because other things happen to other characters, mm-hmm. I'm sure, sure. But, um, like, I think maybe he just, like, cares about him, so he just wants him to be happy. Yeah. Which makes sense. But, like, um, we've, we've talked a little bit about this. And um, I have had a longstanding opinion of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and certain characters. Mm-hmm. And I am going to say this, and it's it's very tough for me to say. Um, Josuke may be my favorite JoJo now. Yeah. He may have topped Joseph. Makes sense that his kid tops him. Wait. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean. Josuke just honestly seems like such a good kid and he was like I enjoyed watching him in this and he it wasn't just about him in the series. He's almost like this this really good like amalgamation of all of the previous JoJo protagonists like you know he has the toughness and like just I'm going to beat the crap out of you that Jotaro had. He has like the charisma and the the goofy antics of Joseph and also just like he also has like the niceness that like Jonathan had. And I think that's one thing that I think is really about Josuke is that he really is genuinely like a nice dude. Mm-hmm. And he, the fact that his ability is tied to healing mm-hmm. is really different than what we're used to seeing. And he he's legit always wanting to help people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's why I like him so much is he's just like 
really wants to just be a good boy and help people and like <laughs> he just wants to hang out with his bros he does he really does and um i i i think he's a pure character even if he does um cheat in in dice games and also try and cheat people out of their lottery money he's got to have his human sides at some point he does and also the fact that he is joseph joestar's kid like <laughs> gonna be there it's gonna be there you you can't be a product of joseph and not have some of that there it's true it's very it's amazing true. um there was something i was gonna say um on along the same lines mm -hmm. um and i've told you this mm-hmm Diamond is Unbreakable is also my favorite part so far. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, because it does have, like, the wildness of JoJo, and you still get the action and everything, but you have that slice-of-life element of it that's just so fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And I love the characters. They're very good. It's, it's it's fun all around. I think, like, even, like, kind of coming up to the end, we were like, how are they going to end this? Which is like, which was not really something we were talking about when we came like to Stardust. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think it necessarily overstays its welcome in a way that it could. Yeah. Like, I think it wraps up in a way that like, Hey, you know, it's the right amount of episodes and everything. So it's just all around just a lot of fun and just absolutely ridiculous and the best of ways. I love it. And it's exciting. I mean, we do have Joe Turo and we do have Joseph here. So like we get, these these guys we've dealt with a lot in the, mm -hmm. the past couple seasons and then like we also get this new kid who's awesome and I mean, it was just a lot of fun it was exciting i was always real stoked to watch it every week yeah also i love the art style you do love the art style and you're gonna be very bummed when it goes back to more of what it used to be yeah or golden so wind so bummed because this one was beautiful and it was so pastel-y. Also, it was that the Pepsi sign. <laughs> they had a Pepsi sign for whatever reason. <laughs> oh, man. I've been so excited to talk about JoJo. Yeah. So what do you think? I know we've talked about it a bit, but like I have officially stated my stances on this. Do you Are you in agreement or do you have different thoughts? Yeah, I think I think it's probably my favorite now, just because like because of everything we've basically already talked about. Whereas you know, all of this uh, like this mixture of you know big action, but also like good downtime and slice of life ridiculousness and and you're a big fan of slice of life. It's so. true, um, and just the way that they're able to kind of like um, change up the art style, but make it like just fit so perfectly, yeah. and all the characters are just very good. Um, it's just a ton of fun. Just a ton and ton, a ton and ton, a ton and ton, a ton and ton, 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 ton of fun. And you adore Okuyasu, which so do I, but Okuyasu is a good boy. He's a good boy. Our our main trio survived. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Uh, so now we begin the wait for Golden Wind, which maybe there will be something upcoming at Anime Expo where they talk about maybe doing a dub of this, but I don't know. Like they are currently 34 episodes into that, uh, into that season currently. I don't know how long it's going to be. So I don't know if that would come into like any issues with 
them adapting it. Apparently, it's going to be 39, so they would have five episodes left. So if, if possible, they could pull off dubbing it and then putting it out. I don't know how soon that would, like, how much of a turnaround that would be, but... We it had would a pretty, be... like, quick turnaround on uh, Diamond is Unbreakable. True, but also that series had been out for, like, three years at that point. True. So, yeah. I hope that we're, we'll get a dub of this very soon. Me too. Because um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I've been having, like, struggles. I know. Being, like, what are we going to do without JoJo on Saturdays? I'm just gonna have to get into that uh, the uh, the OVA of Stardust and watch the weirdness of that. Oh, that's so weird. Um, but yeah, we'll just play the fighting game from now on. It's true. Never, never. I'm I of course interested in Golden Wind just because like you know we've seen those characters and the the fighting games and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, there's not a whole lot of of crossover between like the other parts, but there are a few. Um, which of course there are notable characters that you are you will be excited to see and they get. You know, but uh, I think two of them will show up. Or like one of them will show up like at the very beginning. I don't know if he shows up afterwards. One of them shows up at the beginning and then through a flashback, and then one makes his return. I know one of them because the fighting game spoiled it. Mm -hmm. He's the Turtle Man. Yes. Yeah, he's he's a good boy. He is a good boy, and he makes his return. Yeah. Um. So I know that that one happens. Um. And. Also, um, worth noting that an interesting statement was made by Jotaro in like one of the last episodes mm -hmm. of Diamond is Unbreakable that he says that Koichi is the like most dependable guy he's ever met. <laughs> right, yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Which I mean, like, cool that he's getting respect because Koichi's kind of like not as respected, but... It's still um, very weird. It makes sense like why things happen at the very beginning of golden wind like yeah. why they are the way they are but also it's just such a weird thing to hear him say like he's he's known all these other people who have been very dependable and just like koichi you're the most dependable person i've met and it's like um okay did cool. he mean shortest i maybe shortest <laughs> because koichi is sometimes as tall as an 11 year old it's true oh, i just hit myself in the face oh, don't hit yourself in the face buddy <laughs> yeah, I just did. Um, which, like, you know, I, I feel that short life, so I know what you're know what you're going through, Koichi. Uh, Diamond is Unbreakable is great. It's very good. So good. Um, yeah, it's it's hard not to recommend it, even if you haven't. I guess if you haven't watched it, uh, watched JoJo, and just in general, it's going to be kind of hard to kind of go that. Yeah. But it's it's very good. It's very, very good. I am bummed that there's not more merch. Yeah, it's very weird <laughs> that there isn't because you would think, you know, it's still relatively recent and more recent than Stardust, but, like, not a whole lot of merch for it. I've been looking. Like, I want more merch. Because mm -hmm. I was looking at my wall the other day and I was like, I have Battle Tendency twice. I have Stardust three times. And it's like, Battle Tendency was my favorite up to this point. I have two. Like, I need some Diamond is Unbreakable stuff. I have, like, the figurine. And I have the Jotaro figurine. But, like, I, I need more. I have I have one Josuke. Do more. Do more merch. Also, make merch affordable. Yes. 
because like hundred something dollar figurines is a little painful. It's a bit much. Yeah. So there you go. That is diamond is unbreakable. Yeah. It's very good. I agree. I love it. <sighs> That's going to do it for this episode then. I got to talk about JoJo. Now we wait for more JoJo. Give us more JoJo. Give us more JoJo. Uh, if you'd like more from us, go to seasonalmecheckup.com or sac.cool. sac.cool is where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Checkup and Jared Now Watch. You can also find our other JoJo episodes on the site as well where we talked about Parts 1 and 2, Stars Crusaders, and the Eyes of Heaven game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find more from Anladium at anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup. That's where we do the Twitter. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SACOVA. If you would like to support our fun, fun podcast next week. It's time to combine some things. Oh, snap. Combine some games together. Oh, snap. On an old, kind of an old piece of hardware. Let's, let's, next week, let's talk about potentially the last Nintendo 3DS major release. Yeah. Persona Q2 New Cinema Labyrinth. Yeah. Which, I guess, if you would like a preview of what that episode is going to be like, go read my review on Crunchyroll. That'll give you, a, that'll give you a, like a, a good taste of what that, that's going to be. It's good. The review is, not the, not the game. <laughs> Clarification. <laughs> so that, that's what we'll talk about next week. Yeah.